I ain't a junkie, I just draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy. I ain't a junkie, I just draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy, and I ain't a junkie, I just draft a lot. I ain't really got a lot of thoughts, I just pack them in a box. So I popped up on this pod, now I'm outside of the box. When I pop up on the clock, last thing I think is talk. See, I'm winning it now, loving it three and a thou. They peeping my style, peeping it now, steadily growing my Dow Jones. Oh no, these kids be thinking they crowd. Oh no, no, immediately throwing the towel. See, when it's different, it's different. Go position by position, ain't no issue. Commission as a commission, I just listen. They envision my vision and my division. I'm stealing, cause I be willing and dealing. Find me the trade, cause I'm a fiend. I'm a junkie, ayy, and I'm a junkie, ayy. Ain't no denying my supply, I'm a junkie, ayy. See, I'm a junkie, ayy, and I'm a junkie, ayy. Be getting high off my supply, I'm a junkie, ayy. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 30 of the Dynasty Junkies podcast, a proud member of the Dynasty Addicts podcast network. I am your host, Rocky Petrella at Dynasty FF Addict. And one of the great things about being on the Dynasty Addicts podcast network or DAP network, if you will, and we will, <laughs> um, is that uh, when your co-host decides to bail yet again, uh, you get a, another heavy hitter to come in for him, and this week we got Russ Fisher, Dynasty Outhouse. Russ, thanks for coming on. How you doing? You know, I felt like I was doing you a favor, and then right away in my introduction, you called me fat, so not great <laughs> anymore. <laughs> heavy? Really? I mean, it's quarantine. I, I'm not taking as good a care of myself as I should be, and you know, you didn't have to call me out on it. I just, well, I'm I sorry. I didn't mean right. to go there. I'm no one to call anybody heavy myself. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah, it's awesome. I love you guys. So, of course, as soon as I found out that my wife would not kill me when I was going to podcast twice in one week, you know, I'm here. Yeah. And let's it. face it, we have to enable Dustin's laziness because we like him too much to get rid of him. Uh, yeah, I know. He just, I, I can't even, I can't even count how many times he's missed an episode now. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> we love you, Dustin. I'm just, I'm, <laughs> yeah, this is the second time you've been on for him. Yep. Anyway, um, not just Russ, but we also have a very special guest this evening. I uh, wasn't even aware this guy was into fantasy football until just recently, but we, we have Academy Award winner uh, Matthew McConaughey on the show. Matthew, I want to thank you for coming on. And, and if you want to just tell us a little bit about your uh, experience in fantasy football. Yeah, absolutely, guys. First of all, just want to throw it out to you guys. So cool uh, that you let me come in and kind of storm the gates here. Uh, I am into fantasy football, but I got to say I am no expert. Uh, I am not a guru. I am just a simple man uh, who enjoys a little bit of this and that. So part of the, this is fantasy football. So very cool of you guys to, to let me come on here. How are your teams doing this year, Matthew? Man, I got to tell you, they are all right, man. I got about a lot of four and five teams, man. And it's cool, too, because I, I like to be in that that succulent middle part uh, where anything can happen. So it's, it's, it's pretty all right. Okay. Uh, that, that is not actually Matthew McConaughey. Uh, <laughs> that is Jake Trowbridge of Drinking and Fantasy Football Podcast, which, by the way, I love that name. I wish I had thought of it. Um, <laughs> but, uh, Jake, uh, just uh, thank you for coming on. A anything you want to say before we get into the show here? 
No, man. Seriously, though, just excited to be on with you guys. This is uh, this is going to be fun. I can I can already feel it in my bones. <laughs> so uh, I'm ready to do this. And let's yeah, let, yeah. let's no hold on. Let's be honest. While he's not actually Matthew McConaughey, he is equally or maybe better looking than him. Just putting it out there. there you go. Oh my god! I need to leave now because no other part of this podcast is going to be better than that. <laughs> yeah, I, I do love the. You know, I mentioned to to Jake when, when I asked him to come. On, I do love. I do love the impressions. If you have any other, you know, if Morgan Freeman or any of your other friends wants to come on during the show, feel free. Don't make it awkward, um, Rocky. Don't make it awkward. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, that that now. Prior to that, I had a. Uh, the main thing I, I besides your your podcast that I remember was that you're a Gilmore Gilmore Girls friend from your open bar. Uh, <laughs> the Gilmore Girls know. draft was very interesting. <laughs> Those open bar guys, they are great guys, but they don't know anything about Gilmore Girls. What's up with that? <laughs> but anyway, um, we're gonna get into our fantasy face off now, and this week, um, kind wait, of. Wait, 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 hold on a second. Can I, I screw Brian Har? Fantasy face off. <laughs> I don't mean it, Brian. I'm so sorry. I don't mean. It. <laughs> Are you going to do this for the rest of the show too? No. Yeah, maybe. We'll see how I feel when we get there. Okay. Um, uh, so a lot of times we do stuff based on the previous week, but I didn't. Nothing sprang to mind. So what I tried to do was something with uh, topic we're going to talk about a little bit later with uh, dynasty value and, and fantasy value, and I, I kind of thought we're going Lamar Jackson versus Russell Wilson. I kind of thought Lamar uh, may have more dynasty value or should um, just based on age and all that kind of stuff that people put into that. Um, but when we polled it, 756 votes, uh, 75, 25 in favor of Russell Wilson, which surprised me a little bit. Uh, it makes more sense in season here. Russ, Russ is scoring more points. Um, but Jake, uh, which of these two, the way we phrased it too, was which of these two would you rather own in a 12 team super flex with four point pay? I, I usually purposely put in four point passing TDs because that helps Lamar a little and it still didn't seem to matter to Twitter. So what do you think, Jake? I mean, I I don't think it's as lopsided as that poll maybe makes it out to be, but I do still lean slightly in favor of Russ. Prior to the season, I don't think I would have had the same answer, only because I didn't know. I'm not going to use the phrase, but I didn't know if they would let do what Russ wants to do, and I didn't know how much they were going to let him throw. So now that they're doing that, I don't know that, that they'll necessarily want to move away from that because it's been fairly successful. So... Just seeing that, it it made me lean a little bit towards Russ. I kind of agree with you there. I definitely don't think it's as far apart as the poll indicates. Uh, I do think, I think it's kind of funny, like Lamar, we knew he wasn't going to reproduce last season. And if, if you could get like 75% of that, it's kind of what you're hoping for. And fantasy point-wise, that's right about where he is. He, he's on pace for... Uh, 299 points. He was a little over 400 last year. So that's like 72% of those points. So it's kind of people are docking him for the regression. I think we already expected and, and Russ is going way above and beyond too. But I think we all kind of know that's a little bit of an outlier. I mean, whenever you get the, these high end QB seasons, it's almost always because the touchdown percentage is way up there compared to what you can expect. And he's over 9% this year. So that all, all that said, I still go Russ too. I'm definitely a, a, a going a guy who goes for the points you're getting now, and a guy who's playing in two to three year windows. And I, I see Russ being right there with Lamar over the next few years. Uh, other Russ, <laughs> our Russ. 
<laughs> is that where you're at too or, or would you actually take one more yeah pretty much you both said things that are exactly on point that i would have said because i'm super smart if you guys let me go first uh <laughs> Russ is throwing the ball, and the thing is, it's really funny. Like through the first four or five games, he threw three passes less than he did last year, so he necessarily wasn't preparing hot meals. <laughs> because we don't want to say it. Um, he was just doing—he was doing really well at it when he was. He was always efficient, but no, man, those deep balls, those moon balls, or those skyscraper balls, because every channel has to have a different saying. Because, yeah. Uh, so yeah, he is just landing. He, you know, he was always super efficient with his throws, but more touchdowns. I mean, DK Metcalf will do that. Um, but now it seems like he absolutely is throwing more. Do they have a choice? <laughs> Their starting running back is DJ Dallas, who don't get me wrong, I wanted to be a thing. I mean, you replaced a Seahawks fan with a Seahawks fan, so um, like I wanted him to be a thing. I wanted him to be the next David Johnson because that's what we're looking for, right? The dude that was good for a season and a half. Um, but yeah, they don't have a running game. They don't have a good offensive line. They don't have a defense. <laughs> I mean, they literally just let people do what they want. So that's what they have to do. They have to keep up. And the only way to do that is to let him throw the ball. So, and him being a good quarterback, even if he throws two, three interceptions like he did last week, he's still going to throw three or four touchdowns. So yes, Russ this season. And you are absolutely right about Lamar. I think there, this poll was so lopsided because you have a lot of angry Lamar managers. <laughs> that's that's what it comes down to. And I, I, I'm sort of one of them. The truth is like exactly what you said. We expected regression. If you were smart, you expected regression. Yeah, I just insulted people. I don't care. It's true. You should have seen this. <laughs> you should have seen something coming. But I think we're it. the upsetness is more we don't have the spike games that we had last year. Well, I guess every year was kind of a spike game. But cool, we're going to get 18 to 24 points every single week. And that's good. Don't get me wrong. That is great for your QB2. <laughs> or if you play <laughs> the way you do Rocky and Superflex, you're your quarterback. Like, But that's not what you use the first four picks. Man, I'm going to word this terribly. That's not what you used one of the first four picks in a startup for. That's not what you did. And that's why people are upset about it. Like, He'll get better. He'll do better. As the season goes on, Hopefully, Greg Roman will realize how boring of an offense he's running and how everyone could see what he's doing. And hopefully they'll change because this is kind of bad. So I get it. I get why everyone is voting Russell. And man, like you said, two, three year window, which I can't even go that long because usually I don't have players on my team for that long. So, yeah, I'm going to take the dude that's scoring astronomically more points and a guy who is keeping has kept up for years with the efficiency he has where Lamar was insanely efficient last year, and that's not happening now. So not to say Lamar is bad. Lamar is not bad. If you're angry with him, that's fine, but he's not bad. So the answer is Russell, but like you guys both said, not nearly 75-25. Yeah, and and he's actually, uh, he's still, I think, a low-end QB1 in uh, points per game. So, I mean, he's not even in that QB2 range. And He's he actually did do, I think, even better the second half last year. I'm looking at it and through the first nine games last year. He was actually QB three. He wasn't QB one. Uh, you want to know who you actually want to know who was QB one at that point last year? <laughs> oh, man, it wasn't Mahomes because he was hurt. I don't even remember anymore. Was it, it something was, stupid like Kirk Cousins? No, it was Russell Wilson. <laughs> I love it. Oh my God, I love it. He actually tailed off though more towards the end of the year, yeah. and Lamar came on more, uh, had more of those spike games, I guess. But yeah, I mean, he's still, and he's also 
uh, I was looking at it when I because I did this earlier before the show. I looked at the first nine games last year and the first nine games this year, and uh, and I looked at the end of the season last year, and he was actually like I said, he's on pace for about three hundred fantasy points, which actually would have put him at QB five last year. Uh, it's just I, I maybe it, <clears throat> just the way the NFL is going. Maybe it's just we only have half the season, but. Uh, it's kind of uh, just a lot more quarterbacks that are performing well at this point in the season than, than maybe we expected, I guess. Yeah, and that's another thing that if you paid a little bit of attention, you could have seen coming. Like the closest thing we could have compared this to was the holdout that was a few years ago. What was that Cam Newton's year? I can't even remember anymore. Um, I, of course, I did not notice this, so I don't want to take credit for this. This was absolutely a J.J. Zacharyson thing. Which, hey, guy you've had on your show before, just to, you know, pimp that out. That's um, true. <laughs> that's I got to say. Yeah. <laughs> this is what happened in 2011? Yeah, the lock Nice. Um, <laughs> that was a nice random pull. Um, offenses went, went nuts in the beginning of the season. And it slowly went down a little bit. It never, I don't know if it reached normal levels, but yeah. It, this is, it's harder for defenses missing that whole preseason, miss, missing the camps and all of that, than it is offense, because routes are routes, let's be honest. Uh, as long as, if you've been on the same team from last year, you know the language, none of that's changing. You can say the same thing in the huddle that you did eight months ago, and it's fine. So it, it's much harder for defenses that need to tailor to these to these offenses. So it, yeah, so that doesn't necessarily tie back to Lamar Jackson to himself, but as the league as a whole, and I am crossing my fingers. Lamar Jackson is going to start doing well again because yeah, I paid for that guy and I hate paying for people. And it just, I'm never doing it again. Like I'm not paying up for anyone ever again because <laughs> it just never freaking works for me except for Devonte Adams. He always works. <laughs> yes, he does. I took Lamar as my, I typically am a wait and see with quarterback just in general, uh, not extravagantly long. I don't wait until the 12th round to start getting guys, but I do like to typically wait. Now in my first IDP league that I did this year, uh, it is super flex as well. And I just said, oh, screw it. I'm going to get Lamar Jackson because I've never done that before. And, and and why not just lock down the position? Because I just I didn't want to deal with the hassle. Let's be honest. I had a bunch of other defensive players that I wasn't used to. Let, let me focus my time on that. Let me set my quarterback situation. Mm -hmm. And that has not really worked out the way that I was hoping <laughs> this year. Yeah, well, uh, it does. Uh, that's why you wait on quarterback and super flex, Jake. You're, I'm right there with you. <laughs> I, I relearned that lesson the hard way this year. <laughs> uh, one other thing I just wanted to mention before we move on. I just I, I love doing these polls because it is so funny to see how like nine weeks ago this would have been 75, 25 Lamar at least. Oh, yeah. uh, it, it's just crazy how much how quickly things change and how reactive dynasty uh, owners are. So uh, but we'll move on uh, to our uh, talking about week nine and uh, our dynasty strategy. Dynasty strategy. I felt there like you go. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna tell Dustin he doesn't even have to put in the drops this week. That's right. Yeah. Um, but as always, before when we start out, we do the injuries. Uh, I know you talked about this on, on Trade Addicts this week, Russ. Uh, Christian McCaffrey is the big one. Uh, got the shoulder injury at the, I think at the time you were talking about it, there wasn't that much known. It's starting to look worse than it did then. Uh, he's definitely out Sunday. Seeking a second opinion, which is never good. I'm, I'm, yeah. <laughs> you want someone to tell you something? You don't better. seek a that's, second that's opinion, yeah, if you like the first one. So, <laughs> I'm starting to think we might see no more Christian McCaffrey. Hope none of um, people drop Mike Davis. 
mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm going to ask you the question that uh, you asked uh, Shane and Brian on Trade Addicts: Is uh, are you if you're a contender, even without having McCaffrey most of the year, are are you willing to sell him to, to get points this year? Well, I mean, here's and the what, question: How are you doing so far? Can you live with him sitting on your bench? Then sit with him on your bench, and because man, if he comes back week 13, you won the playoffs right there, right? Like if you're riding in on the uh, Trade Addicts one freaking spoonie who is a two-time champion is going for his freaking turkey which i may just crash the lead let's fold trade hacks one the the launching i may just fold it if he wins again um like he has christian mccaffrey on his bench the entire however many weeks it's been he's still in first place like why and he's talking about trading christian mccaffrey and i i'm like why like just hold him there you're winning by a lot still that dude's going to come in the playoffs, and we've seen what happens the second he's healthy. He's 90% touching again. So, man, if you can afford to hold on to him, absolutely hold on to him. If you were the kind of person that you're like, you're not going to get your godfather deal. That's the problem. That's the real problem. And McCaffrey owners, was it you guys talking about trading Mahomes? I, I got like four podcasts in today, so I don't remember who was talking to who about what, but someone was talking about trading for trading Mahomes. And like, you're never going to feel good about it. You're never going to feel like you're getting enough to trade away Patrick Mahomes. And if you, if you like running backs, which I hate them more and more as every day goes on, like I'm not sending that much for Christian McCaffrey. And so maybe I would be able to trade him away if I ever did own him. But if you can, and if you could feel good about it, then go for it. Uh, I, I don't think you need to hold on to him in hopes he comes back for the playoffs. I'm kind of with you um, in, in terms of kind of holding on to them. Uh, and I'm even a guy who likes to, to get their points. Uh, you know, this year I'm willing to sell. I've, I've had, I've got Kittle all over the place and I've sold him in a couple places so that I could get points this year in, in leagues I'm contending. Um, but we might with, have to talk about that later. because I'm very curious about the deals you got. <laughs> um, with, uh, with McCaffrey, though, if you're already contending because he's been out most of the year, I'm with you. I, I would just try and hold on. I'm lucky. The only uh, league I, I don't have very much McCaffrey, but the one league where I do, I had Mike Davis. So I, I see no reason to, to to move on from McCaffrey mm-hmm. to try and get those points. He's given you, you know, at least for a lot of the year, he was giving you about 70% or so of, of McCaffrey points anyway. So. Uh, but Jake, I wanted to actually also talk about this from the other side, which is Mike Davis. Uh, what do you it, let's let's assume it comes out, let's say tomorrow, that McCaffrey's out for the year because of this shoulder injury. We've seen what Mike Davis can do. We did tail off a little bit towards the end of his run, but are are you willing to? I mean, he was an RB one. Are you willing to go after Mike Davis if you're a contending team? And what would you pay for him? Absolutely. Uh, there's no reason not to for a running back that you know is going to get the work, which is it's just becoming sparser right now. It's it's really tough to track that down, mostly because of injuries. So, yeah, if I can get somebody like that who we know is going to get the workload in a good offense that can keep the ball moving, I'd I'd happily go after him. I don't know that I'm going to pay the world for him, even if I am a contender right now. And to be fair, I don't know that you necessarily have to. I think with the specter of CMC still out there and the possibility of him returning, I think there's a way that you can get him at a more reasonable value right now just using that part to your advantage. Now, obviously, if it comes out that CMC is for sure done, so 
Davis's price skyrockets and 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 I still might pay it. It just depends, you know, like Russ was saying earlier, where am I sitting right now? If I if I have only a couple of losses, do I really worry about it? Probably not, because if I only have a couple of losses, losses, my running backs are probably okay. So I I would pay a second round pick for him, no problem. I don't think I would go more than that right now. Especially because if you're contending, you think you're going to win. So your pick, you're hoping is going to be the 212. So, yeah. Sure. Uh, you So you with that, Russ? Would you? I know you don't really love to buy running backs anyway. And this is no, the, that's guy the kind of guy I will because I won't feel bad about losing the 212. I will feel bad about paying for Saquon Barkley than losing him for the year. We're paying for Zeke and then him turning into what Zeke has turned into. Which, yeah, I did both of those, even though I never do that. Mm-hmm. I had a really, I just, man, this. To say, oh, I was about to say COVID really messed with me, but man, like that is the least way COVID <laughs> has messed with me. But like, yeah, I bought running backs before the season started. And, and yeah, I'm never doing that again. Are, are you selling for a second, though, if you own Mike Davis? If I don't need him. Yeah, pretty pretty much. Uh, it's tough to sell guys you know we're dead after this year, like at the, yeah. after the end of the season, right? Because you got to get what you can get or be okay getting nothing or selling him for a third to the McCaffrey owner for next year. I, that's so yeah, I would absolutely take a second with guys like that. Instead of like going one for one player for a pick, I'll be like, I'll give you Mike Davis and crappy running back for not such a crappy running back, <laughs> you know, use that second round value to upgrade somewhere else. Uh, that's, I mean, it's all about what you can get done. Every league is different. Every league is its own marketplace, marketplace, blah, blah, blah. But Yes, I agree wholeheartedly with a late second round value. So if I can, in any way I can use that, I will take that. Will I spend it? Yes, both ways. Yeah, I actually threw him into a deal on Monday when we still thought McCaffrey might even play this week and wouldn't be out beyond this week. And I basically probably is about a third value is what I got back. It was, uh, it was a part of a bigger deal, but... <clears throat> It essentially boiled down to uh, something like uh, Mike Davis for Alan Lazard. So I did not get much for him. But uh, as a rebuilding team, I had no use for Mike Davis. I I didn't need the points. So um, there was a lot more going on there, though. But uh, we'll get into a couple of the other injuries. Uh, Well, I have have three guys down here all concussions. I don't know that we really need to talk about any of them, but I'm just going to throw the names out there and see if you guys have any thoughts on anything going on here. David Montgomery, Jack Doyle, definitely no one cares about him. And <laughs> poor Jack Doyle. Um, and David Johnson, all left with concussions this week. Not, none are certain for next week, but I don't know that we would worry much beyond that. But any any comments on any of these situations? Man, fire up Trey Burton, man. Like that's <laughs> uh, There's small things to care about. Like Duke Johnson is rotting on someone's bench, and he's going to score a lot of points this week because he'll be the only guy getting touches. Like I said before, like Mo Ali Cox and Trey Burton are going to split a much larger pie now that Doyle's gone because he feel, felt always feels like ruining things for the other two guys. And I honestly, I, I missed that Montgomery had a concussion. Like, I'm ew. Like, are we going to go get Cordero Patterson <laughs> because of that? No. But like, my hope is just that they don't run the ball and just give Allen Robinson 80 targets. There you go. That would be great. Also, no love for Lamar Miller season. I mean, come on. <laughs> They're talking about promoting the guy up from the practice squad. He's oh, get... never I did not know he was even there. I take everything I just said. <laughs> everything <laughs> changes now. Now yep. he's going to get 12 carries for 18 yards, and you're going to feel dumb for not picking him up. Okay, but he'll get like three catches for 26 yards, too, so it'll be okay. That's true. So he'll, he'll, he'll still make it not awful. <laughs> <laughs> 
A big takeaway for me is I'm waiting for the the whole fantasy community seems to love Duke Johnson for, wants wants to free Duke Johnson. So when he goes off this week, when David Johnson doesn't play, I can't wait to see the reaction to that. But free uh, Duke, come on, free Duke. we went to the Texans and it was all of our time. It was our time. <laughs> and then Bill O'Brien. Yeah, I remember when he first went there last year. You, you could get almost get a practically like a first form at that could. point. Yeah, he's that good. He is that good. He was. At least I don't know if he is anymore. And then, and then they brought Carlos Hyde in, and, and all those dreams were dashed. Um, but uh, the another injury this week: uh, Preston Williams, foot mm. injury, went to IR. Uh, so he's out at least three weeks. We won't see him again for at least a month. Uh, yeah, the definitely kind of a bummer. Everyone was kind of looking forward to Preston this year. Looked like he struggled maybe a little bit coming back from the ACL. Um, starting to pick it up a little bit but does this help anyone in miami do you think or is this just a, a bad for I, i'm not sure it does I, I mean it's not good for Tua to lose a weapon i i don't know that it's great for Devonte parker to get even more attention is there anything to take out of preston williams being gone for a month at least russ maybe okay. uh, <laughs> no, i was trying to let him go first except these windows are really small so i couldn't point uh, okay, <laughs> I, I, yeah. let the guest talk. Let's let me correct that, Jake. <laughs> I knew that's the name that you meant to say from the that start. Is, we both did. Me and Bus were uh, Russ were both on top of this. Uh, I think if anybody might have a glimmer of hope in this, it's Mike Gesicki that could eventually see some more targets out of this. Even though I think that's pretty wishful thinking, um, I'm going to wish it. Damn it, because um, somebody there has to absorb it. And yeah, like you said, I don't know that Parker's going to be that guy. How much more can you possibly? hope for him right now. I don't know. Yeah, it's a downgrade for Tua. It sucks too because I was excited to see Tua and Preston mm -hmm. there. Preston was finally getting an opportunity. I know it was a slow start to this season, but yeah, he had the opportunity. Maybe Gesicki, but I really don't know. Yeah, I was I was definitely into Gesicki coming into the season too, and he is he has not lived up to expectations. And uh, the only other one I'm going to get into, um, just because it's the most uh, permanent one, uh, is Kyle Allen had a Horrible looking injury, but is apparently not as bad as, as Dax from what they're saying. Uh, he's but he is out for the season. I think they're saying he's on IR or he's going to be oh, shortly. He's out for the season. Yeah, I don't, I don't care what yeah. they say. <laughs> I saw that foot go the yeah. wrong way. Not but, even uh, go the wrong way. It literally just like flopped. <laughs> so in Superflex, though, Russ, any uh, interest in Alex Smith is just just a sell opportunity that you can actually get something for a guy who didn't play for a couple years. For somebody who's desperate for a quarterback? Oh, I mean, I'd sell him for anything I can get at this point, right? But real quick, um, last game uh, for the Dolphins, uh, Gesecki got five targets and Parker got seven. So, I mean, you're going to bump them up a few, right? So it's probably going to be good for both, whether they're quality or not, because there's one less good. Don't get me wrong. It's ja it's Jakeem Grant season. Um, <laughs> I have so I, he was so fast. I I drafted him everywhere at the end of all those all of his rookie drafts, and I, I for some reason held on to him because our leagues a lot of my leagues give return points, and he's very good at it. Um, but Alex Smith, I have him on zero rosters. If I had him, I would just take, literally take anything I can get. Um, he is not the same without Andy Reid anyway, not to mention being two years out of football on a not good offense. So yeah, I I would rather start in another player in my super super flex spot, like a non-quarterback, than put Alex Smith in there. So give me a third. That's fine. 
And do we think this matters for anybody there? Uh, I kind of think Terry McLaurin is QB proof at this point. Uh, I'm not sure what to make of Antonio Gibson. I don't think that really affects him much who the quarterback is. Jake, you think there's nobody else you really care about besides those two in Washington, is there? Yeah, and there's nobody there. The drop-off between quarterbacks there, it's so negligible to me. Like, And I don't care. Haskins, too, I still think got a bad rap a little bit. The drop-off between all three of those guys, it's not really going to matter, in my opinion, for anybody there. I don't think anybody gets super downgraded. I don't think anybody gets super upgraded. Maybe McKissick keeps getting 14 targets. That's about the only thing I can think yeah. of. That, that's a good one, yeah, because yep. uh, Alex Smith is is captain check down. So that makes – and they were already giving McKissick a ton of targets anyway. So, uh, But we'll get into uh, – go move on from the injuries and get into a couple other topics we want to talk about here one of which was inspired by, by you, Russ. Um, Ooh, I know you've talked about it a couple times on, on Trade Addicts over the last month or so. Oh, which is, this one. Okay. Let's yeah, which is uh, talking about fantasy value versus dynasty value. And and for those who don't know, by, by what we mean by that is, is fantasy value is basically just, you know, points, what guys are scoring for you, whereas dynasty value is is all that other stuff, the, the market value we put on guys um, based on the points somewhat, but also age, upside the the ever sexy upside and all all those kind of things <laughs> so um i'm just interested especially to hear from both of you on on and kind of how you weigh those i mean in every in startups and trades um we all kind of even if we don't phrase it that way in our heads we're always kind of making that assessment you're judging how many points they're going to score you versus versus how you value them in terms of 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 the market and upside and all that so how how heavily do you weigh each of those things, Russ? I know you said it's something you struggle with. Yeah. Um, points are weird to me. I love the non-point scoring season because like, it, it's one thing. It's dynasty value. It is perceived value. It is made up in our heads. And we all listen to the same people, read the same people. So <laughs> we all we all kind of agree enough that we can we can talk about it and not really hate each other. But man, once points getting started, it's tough to know when to care more about points considered with dynasty value. I mean, it's like the Derrick Henry argument, right? Like from last year, we knew he was going to finish as a top five running back ish. I can't remember where he actually finished, but, you know, probably top five, I would imagine, because he was damn good. But we thought he wasn't going to have a contract. We man, uh, he is the reason where I'm just like, nope, never going to try and guess where anyone what any team is going to do again with the contracts, because I. I thought they were tagging him, letting running him to the ground, and then letting him leave. I did not see them signing him. I bought a couple of cheap shares because other people agreed with me. So, woo, woo. but like, it, it's it's like a fine line that I am terrible with because I I love dynasty value. That that's what it is to me. And until I can find a way to give championships based on prettiest rosters, I can't keep thinking like that. Like dealing with players like Derrick Henry, Adam Thielen. Um, a lot like Julio to a certain extent, like me and Brian arguing about Julio Jones. We co we co own two teams. Well, I guess we have him on trade at X seven. So I guess that's the one team that matters. We have had, can't remember if we traded him away. No, we still have him and we're tanking. We have the one-on-one right now, but we can't trade him away because he, he's like points. I'm like, but we don't want points. <laughs> Dynasty value. It's going to go down. And it, it's really tough to put those two together uh, still. And I think the reality of the situation is, I hate this answer, but it's team dependent. It's 
are you looking to score points? Then you have to factor that in a little bit more. Are you trying not to score points? Then worry more about the dynasty value of the guy for the next two years. It's there's like this isn't something a trade calculator can give you. <laughs> it's something that you have to pretty much trade by trade, player by player, team by team, figure it out as you go along. Because you have Adam Thielen on a team that's competing and last two games not included, like you're you're thrilled. And you wouldn't trade him for the second that his dynasty value probably should be because he's 31. He's on a team that runs the ball. And man, Jefferson. Um, so like that, all of those hurt his dynasty value. But again, last two weeks not included. Dude, scoring points. Like, why would you get rid of that for so little? So like, again, I hate the answer, but everything is on an individual basis. And it's it's tough. It is absolutely for me, especially because I care so much about dynasty value that it is very tough to remember that points matter. And where are you at on on this, Jake? Are you more of a dynasty value guy or more of a fantasy points value guy? I think dynasty value helps me more. It it helps my rosters more. Dynasty value does because. Dynasty value is way more open for interpretation than fantasy value than points. I mean, yes, even within points, sure, you can interpret that a little bit differently. You can try and project the, the trends and people might have opposing viewpoints on that side of it. That's really it. I mean, that's everything else is laid out for you. So a guy like Adam Thielen, like you're talking about, yeah, you can argue that he's such and such age and his situation going forward might not be blah, blah, blah. Right now, the guy is putting up points for you, again, last couple of weeks notwithstanding, whereas Dynasty Value, you can just make hype work for you so much. <laughs> and everybody's different in terms of what they see as hype versus not hype. Like, my favorite thing to do, and I'm with you, the offseason is much more my bread and butter. I just prefer it. It, it just allows for more wiggle room. I feel like I can breathe in the offseason. Mm -hmm. My favorite thing to do is literally... Acquire guys, not even that have a path to production, aka fantasy points, but have a path to hype or dynasty mm -hmm. value. Because you don't have to really peg down who is the exact handcuff or who is going to benefit most from this situation. Because again, there's interpretation to be had. All you have to do is pick the guy up, hope that everybody else values this person as the handcuff or as the de facto next blah, 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 and wait for an injury or wait for a depth sh uh, chart shift. And then you can just trade that guy based on the hype. They don't even have to do anything for you. You can just trade them based entirely on that. So it's just, you know, it's this nebulous thing. And, and I like that. <laughs> I like when things are have that wiggle room and that interpretation. Yeah, like go go grab Darnell Mooney right now because the rumors of Allen Robinson not re-signing are going to go nuts. And he's really he's good, right? Like Darnell Mooney. Like I remember like a few weeks ago, I had no idea who this guy was. I got him in a trade and I'm like, wait. I mean, I'll accept this because I was going to do it straight up anyway, but who, who? And, and then every week I've learned more and more that this guy's actually pretty good. But I mean, is he going to walk in and be Alan Robinson? Probably not. Alan Robinson's really darn good. But like, that's just an example I wanted to give. Like you, in the non-point scoring season or when you don't have to care about points, it's like poker. Well, people who are good at poker, because it's funny, poker, I'm the exact opposite. In poker, you're supposed to play your opponents, not the cards. When I play poker, I play the cards because I'm just not good at poker. But, it's, you know, whatever. That's not, that's not this podcast. Um, <laughs> but, like, having to play both, like, that's... 
which is really weird considering the amount of overlap between online poker players and fantasy football players. Man, I think we need to change the direction of this podcast right now. <laughs> Rebrand. <laughs> it's it's funny because uh, I'm I'm kind of the exact opposite of you, Rust. I'm definitely more yeah. of a, a a fantasy value guy, uh, even in the off season. Um, when I'm, uh, I think everybody is kind of has some blend of the two when they're, when they're valuing guys, but I'm definitely, even then I'm thinking about how many points they're going to score me eventually. Um, the fun thing too, is though, like you said, roster dependent is, is if you're rebuilding, it's, 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 you can get, you go off and get great deals based on, on dynasty value versus, especially this time of year. Um, as we get into the end of the season, young guys. yeah. So, um, one other thing I did want to ask, though, is uh, do you think I, I kind of think as a whole uh, the community values dynasty value more and maybe sometimes puts too emph- much emphasis on it? Uh, do you, would you agree with that? If they're on Twitter, yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. You know what my favorite thing to do is figure out within my leagues. It's just you just have to track down the people that are in on Twitter. If I don't know them already, like if I didn't join. Yeah, you, always you, one person you could tell, like, that guy listens to anything Evan Silva says. You know, back in I am used Alan Robinson. Remember the the harm um the Harmon bump when he first put out reception percentage with Tyler Lockett, Dante Moncrief. Like there were so many of those uh Stefan Diggs, even before he was I mean, you know, Harmon was great at finding wide receivers. John Brown, uh they didn't always take off when they when he wanted them to, but like all those guys have, but like, oh man, my very first one of my very first trades was trading away Dante Moncrief when he was worth more than T.Y. Hilton was at the time <laughs> and T.Y. was a beast then like it's yeah it's absolutely you can there are some people you could be like I got you I know who you follow and that again that's the fun of the non-point scoring season is just playing that hype off each other yeah, that, that, that yeah, that's definitely a good point. Um, so another topic I wanted to bring up here, and this is this is apparently my week of stealing topic ideas from people. Oh wait, on hold on, I have network. a great transition into a plug that I should have done. And oh, sorry, if you like Matt Harmon or want to learn more about Matt Harmon, <laughs> go check out the DAP Network. Get real with Casey Kasem, who this week we just posted our episode where Casey interviews Matt Harmon. So <laughs> check it out. <laughs> That's professional okay. right there. Yeah, Mark there you go. <laughs> That's the guy who knows what he's doing. Um, <laughs> but uh, the other, I was saying uh, this is my week of, of stealing topic ideas from the DAP Network because this this idea to talk about came up from something uh, Bill McCarthy at Super Duper Flex from Fantasy Timeline mentioned uh, when I was on his show last week uh, is that about the QB landscape for Superflex and, and saying that he thought it was uh, going to be really good coming into this year. I think he was talking about in terms of startable guys, not not dynasty value, so to speak, um, and maybe not as good as we hoped. I wasn't sure I agree with that, so I wanted to I, I wanted to see what you guys thought. I actually put it down. I, I and, and I'm definitely more comfortable as as Russ kind of alluded to earlier, starting lesser guys than than some people who play Superflex are. But uh, I, I came up with uh, like 17 guys plus Dak if he were active um, that I would be comfortable starting basically at this point. So I don't think it's as bad off as Bill was. Bill was kind of making the point that he, like I said, that he thought it wasn't as good as we were hoping it would be this year. And then there's even another uh, six or seven guys I had that I thought, you know, I would play in the right matchup. There's only about eight guys, that seven or eight guys that I was like, nah, I don't want to start him ever if I can help it. <laughs> so uh, I'm just wondering where you guys are at. Do you think uh, 
I know, Jake, you said you like to, 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 to play some of those lesser guys and draft some of those lesser guys. So what do you think of the uh, as, as a super flex player? What do you think of the QB landscape at this point? Is it is it worse off than maybe you thought coming into the year or, or are you kind of OK with a lot of guys as well? I think some of the names that I would have thought would be great this year have been bad. And some of the names that I thought would be bad have turned out to be great. So it's it's not that it's bad. It's just different than what I expected. That's for sure. I think I lean more towards your side, though, Rocky. I think there's enough guys that you can get by still in a super flex league without hitting those top tier guys. And I do think that this plays into that whole fantasy points versus dynasty. I was going to say that. Value <laughs> thing, right? Because there are some guys who are out there scoring so many points and doing very well that still have this weird stink about them that people don't want to play. I think a prime example is Carson Wentz, where people just, it, it's you, ah, Carson Wentz, no weapons. This is, and uh, just look at the whole situation there. If you're just looking at the yeah. points that he keeps piling up, <laughs> that situation is true. Of course, it's a bad situation. It, it is gross, but that grossness is still putting up points on your, on your roster and, and good points too, you know? Um, Garbage time still means something, and I think that's also what gets in the way sometimes is that they don't have to be a great NFL quarterback to still be viable for uh, your team and in Superflex. So, yeah, I'd say I haven't looked at it that close, but I bet your number is fairly close to what I would say in terms of guys that I'd be comfortable with. I, I love that point you made, too, about it. Kind of going back to the top we were just talking about, about the dynasty points versus the or dynasty value versus fantasy value, because I think that does play into our different approaches, uh, at least me and you, Jake, as compared to how some people approach Superflex. I think I think that a lot of people are going for the dynasty value, especially when you're when you're drafting like four early quarterbacks or something like that, um, that you're they do have a ton of quote unquote dynasty value, but there's so much fantasy value be mine later from guys like even, you know, big Ben, Tom Brady, these older guys that know, but that have no, almost no dynasty value that nobody wants to, to draft, but are, are scoring you points. I mean, Brady's, uh, I think a QB one still on point, even after that horrible new Orleans game, I think he's still a QB one for the year. Um, and that's the thing you can get those points. And after you get past you know, the top, four or five guys everyone's kind of in a big bucket almost to me anyway uh, just going uh, i'm not going to go through that entire list of all those guys but I mean, oh, even I, hold on i'm absolutely going through the entire list of guys <laughs> um I, I pulled this up first of all tom brady points per game quarterback 15 what was he before new orleans though oh higher I'm, yeah I'm, I'm not clicking he probably was the qb one then um, but no let's let's talk about the landscape for a second uh i am scrolling down through to why uh, quarterback 25 i'm going to read a couple of names down and you tell me if you expected them to be in this area or if you're disappointed that they're down here qb qb 25 kirk cousins nick Foles. all right gilbert garrett we could skip over him philip rivers Dwayne haskins baker that makes me sad drew Locke. well he also has a negative one point game and then that first game he came back he wasn't healthy but again it no. doesn't matter daniel jones makes me sad trubisky mullins garoppolo kyle allen sam darnold Joe Flacco, Jeff, like, did you guys, anyone expect these guys to be top 20 quarterbacks that I'm rattling off? Baker, for sure. Like, Baker is the first name as you read through that list. Like, that sticks because Baker is somebody who I thought, you just assume top 12. Like, maybe not comfortable top 12. Not yeah, like yeah. every week I'm going to be like, hey, I'm, I'm glad I started Baker. But yeah, that one is surprising. Yeah, and he well, was that, even in October. 
even October ADP, he was still QB 15 in a DLF ADP. Yeah, I, I mean, it's rough. Don't get me wrong, but... And I think so that's part of it, too, no, is hold that... On. I'm not done yet. You I was on just commenting on what you said. No, we're, hold on. So, <laughs> talking about the QB landscape, the 24th quarterback in points per game, who is Derek Carr, has 21.1 points per game. Now, let's go back to last year. Where do you think 21.1 points per game is? Probably higher than 24th. Uh, oh, still weeks one through nine, by the way. Uh, 14th. 12th. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like our QB 24 is scoring QB 12 numbers. Back of the hell off on quarterbacks. Like, don't call it. Like, first of all, sorry, John Hogue. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> quarter, quarterbacks may not be. Well, he. Let's be fair. He says top ends quarterbacks matter, not all of them. But yeah, the quarterback scoring is really, really good right now. So it's weird to say that we're we should be down on it. It's a little spread out because we have the one week by Jake Luton and uh, I think Gilbert, whatever, had a higher Gilbert whatever. Grape. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Gilbert Grape. Um Sorry, Gary Gilbert. That was I, I don't mean to, mean to you. Um, Dak Prescott is third overall in quarterback points per game. Like it's still a little like man, dude, Dak is still like a top twenty quarterback in regular points. So that just go by Dak. Um, but I mean, it's not super different from last year. People still got hurt. It's it's the way of the world in the NFL. But man, like that, I did not expect that point differential between twenty four and twelve. That's crazy. Because when you when I first read the question, I'm like, are we not? as good as we thought at quarterback. And I'm like, it does feel kind of weird, but then I'm like, is, is it like, I actually just like did research for you, Rocky. You should feel pretty <laughs> proud of that. Um, I am. Yeah. Russ never does. He doesn't do research anything, for his own show. I, yeah. <laughs> I do zero work. I talk and that's all I do. Um, but yeah, no, that's, I, I'm surprised at how good it was because I even then thought it was weird to feel down on it. And the people that are down, like Locke and Jones and Baker are people that were sort of divided in the first place, divisive, divisive in the first place. And unfortunately I was on the higher side on the three of those guys, <laughs> but that's, I mean, it's not all about me, I guess, but like, yeah, no, we're scoring points and maybe it's not week to week, easy to see where they're coming from. But if you do the combination of you and Hogan, just say, it doesn't matter when you get them, just get a bunch of them. You'd be fine. And I feel and like I, it's not even taking into account, too, like those kind of tandems that we expected coming into the year. So, for example, Ryan Fitzpatrick and Tua, if you were one of those people who waited until the very, very end of your draft to just snag up that duo because you knew, well, I thought that Fitzpatrick, while he played, would be great. And he was. I mean, he wasn't like QB5 or whatever, like he was on a points per game basis from last year. But he was great. He was magnificent when he played. And now two is coming in and, and taking over that obviously very quick. These windows are too small, Rocky. I can't make the 10 in my head. <laughs> QB 10 this QB year? 10. Nice. So, I mean, that's not even accounting for those types of situations. So, yeah, it's just maybe you have to be a little bit better about, uh, you know, transitioning or how you play these guys and looking at the matchups and blah, blah, blah. But that's any year, really, you know? Yeah, I, I definitely agree. And, and and to the 
the point I think Russ kind of made earlier is that, and he wouldn't let me comment on, um, <laughs> was, was the, the, I think part of it too, when Bill was talking about it, it was kind of, I think it was, we were talking about Daniel Jones and I think it's kind of the Jones Baker lock thing where we all expected those guys to be better. So I think in his head, he was thinking, you know, we're not getting as much from some of these quarterbacks as we thought. So maybe it's not as good, but then again, I, I think you're getting more from say Rogers and, and Brady and, and some other guys are definitely getting more from Herbert than we thought in his rookie season. So um, I think it's the decline of the old guys. I think that's really what it is. Brady not included, but we have, oh man, I was just looking at it and completely lost it. Breeze is QB 17, which is honestly higher than I thought he would be in points per game. But also Rivers at 28. Like these are the guys, um, Roethlisberger 22. Like those are guys were like, yeah, we'll wait to the ends. We'll pick them up. They'll give me QB 10 to 15 numbers and I'll find a new guy next year. And it's not really working out like you planned. Like even Matt Ryan, who I grabbed everywhere is QB 13 in points per game. So, like, I, I just, I don't think it's bad. I just don't think it's coming as how we expected it. Yeah, and I think someone said that already. So, in which case, I'm sorry for stealing your point. <laughs> <laughs> and, and one other thing too is, to, I just think, like, I, like I said, that even the guys, like, I, there's one guy, like I said, a list of guys I really want to start, and Rivers was on that. And, and I have a league where I have Rivers and Stafford as my only quarterbacks, and I am in first place. Um, uh, with the second most points so that just goes to to my whole philosophy on, on waiting on quarterback um and this is like the second second year of the league i won the title last year um i actually had Jameis last year so that helped but um even with those two guys um it's just it's if as long as you can bulk up elsewhere uh i think you can make do with almost any set of quarterbacks as long as it's not like dwayne haskins who's getting benched or something like that um, you, you can just get enough points at quarterback. As long as you're starting two, you're not starting a non-quarterback in Superflex, uh, you can survive. That, that, that's been my whole thing on, on, on when, I, when I go on about my Superflex strategy, as Russ knows. Um, but we'll move on to, to, to the final topic before finding me a trade, um, which is I, I want to ask you two guys, because we were all so hyped for them, what the hell is going on with this rookie running back class? Um, we were all expecting such big things. Uh, I mean, some of them have been okay. Clyde Edwards Hilaire, I think I don't have it in front of me, but is, is either a low end RB1 or high end RB2. A couple other guys are in the RB2 range, but uh, uh, there is the whole lack of an offseason thing. But I, you know, I think we all thought the running backs would be semi immune from that because running back is not as difficult a position to learn. Um, so, so, so what the hell's going on? Who wants to, who wants to answer first? Um, I'll go first because I just pulled up points per game for running backs and we have one, two, three, four, five rookie running backs in the top 25. I mean, that's pretty good, right? I mean, maybe they're not doing what we thought they would like Clyde Edwards Hilaire. <laughs> the highest guy is James Robinson at six. And then we take a dive to CEH at 17, Gibson 21, Swift at 24, Taylor at 25. Yeah. The one guy that, that, that that's performing beyond all expectations is the guy that that nobody drafted basically. And, and let's don't forget that Dobbins is just starting to come on now, and I love that guy. So I'm just going to say his name because I didn't want to leave it off. But <laughs> I mean, let's face it; it was insane to have Ceh as a first rounder. I mean, and that goes by the way back to the whole dynasty value thing. <laughs> oh no, that's yeah. I, but people thought he was going to score the points. Let's not 
to that's let true, people that's off the true. But people overrated how much he would score yes, the points. I think even went there. Um, I think that was just like they had rose-colored glasses with the most athletic pass-catching running back going to the freaking Chiefs before they realized they don't really pass to the running back. Nope. But besides the point, um, I think we're disappointed because it's not, again, what we expected. It's not that it's bad. It's just not what we thought. And yeah, Jonathan Taylor coming in, I, I love making lazy comparisons, and I literally just made it an hour ago on uh, – on the timeline, but like Melvin Gordon sucked when he came in, right? Three point yards, three point four yards per carry. I for some reason I'll never forget that number because I loved using it. I, I loved using it because I only use yards per carry when it helps my argument because it's a really <laughs> stupid stat. <laughs> so, but like this is fine. Um, Jonathan Taylor is awesome. He's fumbling the ball. It happens. It's one of the most fixable problems in running backs. Adrian Peterson, Tiki Barber. I mean, those are the only two everyone always says are the only two I really remember. But like everyone has like fumblings. Yeah, it's very, do, very fixable. And do we do we still think he's awesome now? Yes. Because I mean, I know I've heard I, I to be honest, I haven't seen like every Colts game, but I definitely oh, no. heard some issue with like vision issues and things like that, that he's running into the line. Um, Pulling a this, Trent Richardson. Let me let me make excuses for him real quick because that's <laughs> honestly what it is. Because I don't really know the answer. <laughs> Wisconsin running backs, like I loved, I love blazy arguments. The Wisconsin running backs have it so easy because the Wisconsin's first recruitments are always offensive line. Like they run through holes three times the size of their offensive linemen, and offensive linemen are very large gentlemen. So, and while the Colts, Colts have the best offensive line, at least they did. I don't know anymore if they do. But what's the biggest problem? Rivers sucks right now. Like, imagine if they still had luck, or even if Brissett was in there to throw the ball deep every once in a while. There wouldn't like I don't know necessarily if they're playing stacked boxes against the Colts, but. They may as well. They don't really. They don't need to worry about more than twenty yards down the field because I don't think Rivers can throw that far. Yes, I know he can. I'm being sarcastic, um, <laughs> but like it, it's it's super game plan. And like with the Chiefs, it was really silly to think he was going to do that well. Um, Damian Williams, who we thought was going to steal touches from Clyde edwards lair Let's not forget that we thought not great. Damian Williams was so good he was going to take value away from Clyde edwards Hilaire. That's what was always so ridiculous about Alaire when oh, he I, shot up RB five. Is like I like lost it. Damian Williams <laughs> going away makes changes right? Clyde Edwards Alaire that much. Well, like, it, it, that is all one hundred percent on everyone who thought he was going to be a top five running back right away. It's it's the unfortunate truth. Um, the Chiefs had a new offensive line and they started getting hurt or covid and one of at least one of them held out so like there's negatives and negatives kept piling up on ceh right away it hurts more that he had that really good looking first game besides the goal line stuff like if he like he put up 19 points his first week and he didn't really do that again until week six imagine if he put up 14 we would have still been happy about it because that means he still put up most likely 100 yards with a couple of catches and we probably would have felt fine about this season so far. It's just that he caught a couple of passes and looked, he made a lot of really nice cuts in that first game. So again, it's managing expectations. Like for the rest of the guys, like, man, we were worried about Marlon Mack too. I mean, let's face it. Like, um, but like Swift, we knew this was going to happen. So getting RB24 out of Swift, I think is kind of awesome. <laughs> like, because we knew Patricia was going to ruin that. 
And again, Dobbins, we knew was going to come on late. I get same thing with the quarterbacks. I, I don't think they're bad. I just think we expected differently. And, you know, that's not on them. That's on us. And yeah, sorry, we wanted Zeke. Like we wanted Zeke's first year for every single one of these rookie running backs I'm just, coming in too, and that's like, just not attainable. And and it's silly. It is downright silly to just go. Well, it, the off season doesn't matter for them. They're just going to get you hard in because running backs don't matter, and none of that actually uh, really cares for for our fantasy takes. At least it's just like, well, look, shove them in there. They're on a good offense. Let them run. Same with Jonathan Taylor. And the offensive line argument is one that I used in the offseason is, mm -hmm. well, the Colts have a great offensive line. Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, he's coming from Wisconsin, as you said, who only deals in fantastic offensive <laughs> lines. But it's fine. He's getting the NFL version of that. So watch him, you know, run his way to an RB5 season. And it didn't happen. And now everybody's willing to to cut bait on a lot of these guys. For me, I don't know how you guys feel. This almost feels like the inverse of most years where I typically try not to draft rookie wide receivers heavy in my dynasty drafts. And I try and trade for them in the second year when expectations have fizzled and kind of come back to earth. It almost feels that like we have to be doing that with the running backs now. I'm terrified of the 2021 draft rookie draft, by the way, because there's so many good wide receivers and a couple of good running backs. And I don't know when who is going to take them like because i i I'm a team running back i always have been i like running uh, wide receivers more than i like running backs so i'm willing to draft them a little earlier but like are people going to be so pissed off that clyde edwards Lair is not a top five running back that they're going to take jamar chase um rashad bateman D i almost said dj Moore. um ah help me out help me out purdue guy what's his name rashad Moore. there you go sorry wow I'm talking to Rocky. I think of DJ Moore. Sorry. Um, like there's some really, 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 really good wide receivers coming out and I want them all. And now I'm terrified. I won't get them with all the late firsts. I ended up buying. I think you might be right. Cause there, there's not that much in, in the way of running backs. I'm, I mean, I'm not a huge Debbie guy, but I'm hearing that, that, that Hubbard is not as good, doing as well as expected. Yeah. And it's well, basically Najee and Etienne. And that's basically, and, Oh it. man, did you see journey Brown? Yeah, it's horrible, That's man. So heartbreaking. Like he, he found he had a heart condition and he had to. He had to, he can't basically retire from football. Yeah. yeah oh man. Sorry, Brian Har and everyone. <laughs> I guess really sorry, Journey Brown and your family. Oh, right. And, uh, you know, all Penn State people who you know root for these guys, but that's rough, man. Yeah, definitely. And I, with the going back to the running back thing, though, I would just. I'm also wondering too. I mean, is this just the way of? running back in the NFL now because I'm I'm looking this isn't points per game this is total points but but David Montgomery is RB14 and 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 Ronald Jones is RB13 and like there there's like four or five guys in the whole league that are getting a workload are we just expecting too much from any running back coming out at this point no, let's face it like it's funny we made the argument all last year that bell cow running backs are going away but these kids who have never played a foot in the NFL are going to be bell cow running backs. Like, again, that's a little on us. <laughs> yeah. Um, like it, it's, it's the reality of the league. They realize they don't need bell cows anymore. And unfortunately, Gurley got paid. He sucked. Zeke just got paid. He sucked. It might hurt these guys a little bit. Dalvin's like saving them. And if you're smart, like Mixon and be like, dude, I want top six money instead of saying I want to be the highest paid, mm -hmm. like maybe you'll be fine and you'll get your second contract. But it's, it's, man, we might be hitting that zero RB time again. Like, you know how the leagues always cycles every couple of years. Like, I, like, yeah, I think we're getting back to that because 
we're going to find less and less bell cows. Do we have to start looking at them then more like we do with wide receivers where it's like, because honestly, I don't know. Do we look at them like t- talent has to take over situation to a certain extent with running backs? Because if everybody's only going to get 40% of the carries, well, then you have to only start looking, not only, but you have to really start looking at the most efficient people. Whereas typically it's just like, well, volume is volume. So David Montgomery is a perfect example of this. Doesn't Mm -hmm. really fit my argument, but it is this guy of, well, he's got all of the volume in the world. So it doesn't look sexy. It doesn't matter that he's bad. He's yeah, a lot. (laughs) But he's the rare example now because a lot of these guys don't get the volume that David Montgomery does. So it's almost like you have to start adjusting that and look a little bit more towards that wide receiver mindset of, look, I'm just going to take the most talented guy in a good situation, but not worry so much about volume. I guess. Yeah, I I think that I do like that. That's a good point. I think it it maybe even ties into what what the point Russ made about the quarterbacks too is like. We're seeing all, I mean, we all know it's been a, moving to a passing league, but maybe it's going even further than it already has been. We're seeing all these points from quarterbacks because because it's passing so much and just any running back, like you said, you got to depend on the talent and hope you'll get some points from them, but we can't expect the points we got from the pass, maybe. Okay. Uh, well, we at our mark so uh let's get to find me a trade i couldn't help it 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 was exactly every an hour exactly <laughs> an hour it was perfect i, just, I couldn't I just let it you. sit you were you you paused it was at like one one hour and like six seconds and i'm like no no we can't let that hit 101 we got to do it just just so you know jake almost every episode i say we're running long we need to get to find me a trade so um, <laughs> we're hitting that hour mark so let's just get into find me a trade glad so, it could be so, part of the tradition at least so. there you <laughs> go oh wait wait hold on hold on shh, shh, shh. Find me a trade. <laughs> okay. So um, this week um, it was submitted by a listener, Jeremy Ness, which I love the Twitter handle at Nesticle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it's, I just turned into a child right there. <laughs> <laughs> it's a 12 team league, uh, PPR, one QB, no tight end premiums. So pretty basic. Six point passing TDs. Uh, Two point bonus for for long rushing and receiving plays for forty yard plays is twenty three man rosters, uh, start ten, a QB, two running backs, three wide receivers, uh, a tight end, two flex, and and they still have defenses. So defense special teams. Uh, he said, I thought I was a middle of the pack team, and I sold off Adams and uh, Dalvin Cook, um, which that's. Uh, Seems doesn't seem now. like a middle of the pack team, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what he says. Which if I hadn't, I might be competitive. Now I definitely feel like a middle of the road team, missing RBs, uh, but with great young wide receivers to build around. And real quick, I'll go through his roster, and then we'll get into the trades. So he's got uh, Stafford and Burrow at QB, at, which at one QB is fine. Uh, at running back, he's got Elliott and Zach Moss, and then mostly a bunch of filler type guys. He's got Pollard, his Zeke's backup, uh, P. Ryan, Vaughn, uh, a couple other guys that aren't really of consequence. And then he's got, a, like he said, got a great wide receiver core. He's got Juju, A.J. Brown, Terry McLaurin, Fulgham, Landry, Sutton, Debo, and then uh, Donovan Peoples Jones and, and Demir Bird. And then a tight end, he's got uh, Hawkinson, Logan Thomas, and Harrison Bryant. So, um, and, and he's got a defense, which who cares? So, <laughs> um, uh, you guys both kind of. Uh, we all did the same not- thing, is really what comes to like, the, there's, there's really like one path for this guy to take. 
<laughs> yeah, so I'll, I'll let you, you you chimed in. I'll let you get to yours first, Russ. No, no I, I could be you pretty much, so I'm gonna let at least Jake go first. <laughs> okay. No, I'm still here. Uh, you, um, you froze for a second. I was saying, I I was last to go. Oh yeah, I'm clicking buttons on my computer, so I usually my internet. I pay more for better internet, and it's just not better in the basement anyway. Um, I I was the last to fill out my find me a trades, and I pretty much realized like, oh, I did the same thing you guys did, so I'm definitely not going to go first. So I'll at least let Jake go first. Fair enough. I I mean, I thought it was fairly evident that obviously. Look, you know where your path is, and it's not towards the championship this year. So start selling off any of those players that are uh, going to help the contenders and that are most likely not going to return the same type of value next year. So for me, I want him to... And, and first of all, I was looking at trade targets for him, people to go after and send offers to. I really liked... There is a team, no place like Mahomes, which I believe is third or fourth ranked overall. Mm -hmm. I love that because I don't want to go after the top-ranked team. Typically, they're the hardest for me to trade with. They're set. They they feel great. They're in first place. Why do they even need to make moves? Did you look at that team, though? They are set. <laughs> <laughs> and that's I, the I'm, thing. Sometimes that's true, and sometimes it's only in their head. But, oh, no, you know, no, no. I took that team out real fast when, when I realized, you know, if this team had Zeke, I'm like, let's see what we get. Nope, 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 nope. <laughs> And so it gets tough, right? So I work a little bit down the ladder. Mm -hmm. And I like that because A, they're the most willing to trade typically because they want to put themselves over the hump. But also, you can sometimes leverage that. And I want the best picks coming back to me if I'm trading for picks. And so if I go towards that middle spot, that's the best chance that I get at least a middle pick coming back. So anyways, I went with the no place like Mahomes. I think he should send Zeke and Pollard, the tandem of them, and Fulgham. And in return, hopefully, you can make this work. Uh, it might even be an overpay, just depending on your stance on this first player. But OBJ, Henry Ruggs, AJ Dillon, and get that first on it. Uh, it might be a mid-first. I think it's reasonable for both sides. I think the Zeke and Pollard combo almost has to happen just because there is still a little bit of nerve, probably, uh, in terms of Zeke. So give them that feeling of security by giving them Pollard and let them sort that out. Like, that's another thing. I don't want that on my team anyways. There's too much boondoggle, if I can use that word, <laughs> yes, uh, going please. on. That's a great <laughs> word to use. I love that word. <laughs> and also, OBJ is on IR, so that's an easy – typically those value – his value is so suppressed right now that it's – there's no risk. That risk is wiped away just based on what his his perceived value is right now, so – I like that. And Dylan should be used a lot next year. It's a homerism, I'm sure, the Green Bay guy here talking mm -hmm. about this. But I didn't think Dylan was going to do much besides maybe goal line work this year anyhow. I really do think he gets a bigger piece of the pie because either Aaron Jones or Jamal Williams, one of those guys is gone. Dylan will get his workload next year. And again, his value is stupid low right now. Mm -hmm. And I just wanted to get that first thrown in there. Maybe the person on the other end won't just accept this outright, but I think it's a good starting point. You know what I like? I like that. I mean, it's kind of funny too because uh, uh, I you kind of picked a potpourri of guys I don't like. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm out on OBJ. I was never a rugs guy, and, and Dylan doesn't do a ton for me. But I like getting the first, and and, and I'm mean, not that OBJ is going to have no value. I think the value is there. You know, in terms of what you're trading and what you're getting back, I love getting the first. And I'm looking at this guy's roster and. 
I think it makes a lot of sense. His, his running, his top running backs are Carson, Gurley, and Drake, two of who aren't playing right now. Um, so even with Zeke's kind of suppressed value, Zeke would be a big upgrade for him. Um, and even at, at, it's kind of amazing this guy's in like third or fourth place because even his wide receivers are not great. Uh, I mean, he's got Crowder who's performed when he's been in there, and that's about it. Claypool, uh, he, he doesn't have much. Fulgham would probably be his first maybe his best receiver right now given yeah. what he's done so far uh which like i said it's crazy he's in third so i think it makes a ton of sense for the other guy um and it, i mean like i said that that's just my personal preference on some of those guys but if you like those guys obj certainly is going to have a value bounce back um once he's um you know in the off season and everyone knows he's going to be playing again so i i don't love the guys but i'd probably be looking to trade some of them maybe for picks um but um, or or some other players, but uh, I think the value works out for both sides, and it makes a ton of sense for the guy you're trading into. Any thoughts on that one, Russ? Before we move on to yours? No, no, because I typed mine out, and I'm like, oh, never mind. Jake did that already. So <laughs> yeah, I, I agree 100. Okay, so let's do yours. All right, well, my first one was a shot in the dark. Go give Zeke and Pollard for Ceh and see if someone says yes. <laughs> uh, I forgot. <laughs> I forgot. I, I wrote down who it was, but I clicked away and I forgot already. Um, oh, get Swifty! I think it was. But first of all, I need to shout out the fact that there's a guy in this league with the team named Lone Rangers. And if you have not seen the movie Airheads, yes. it is ninety <laughs> wonderful. It is so damn good. Brendan Fraser, Steve Buscemi, and Adam Sandler. So good. Um, but yeah, I, I tried to find a trade with that team just so I could talk about it. I'm like, I'm just. Talk about it. <laughs> um, my trade is with that team. So. Yeah, I saw yes. that too. Yeah, but like, um, I typed a couple of things out, and I'm just like, look, man, we we are all going to say the same thing. You need to dump Zeke, Landry, all these guys that are. Let's face it, that's like honestly, this happens when I saw that first place team, and I'm like, you need don't half-ass this. You need to step back. You have. Those three wide receivers, I remember looking at them and going like, Whew. it was uh, AJ Brown, Juju, and uh, McLaurin, right? Like that. That's yeah. beautiful. That is that is a and, sexy start. And Sutton. Oh, right. Sutton was on IR. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> so, you know, get rid of Landry Fulgham, who he looks good, but man, so did Greg Ward last year, right? And like, it doesn't matter anymore. Um, so, like, get rid of these guys that either are. Old is absolutely the wrong word. Landry's like 27, 28. He's and right. he's a he's a slot receiver. So he's not gonna doesn't matter. Age doesn't really matter that much for him. But get rid of these guys that are scoring points, but won't really help you be that elite team you're gonna eventually need to beat. So I mean that's really what it comes down to. Go to every single team. Like uh Jake made the great point. Don't go to the first place team. It's not gonna get you anywhere. Start at five. They're the Hold on, words. In the standings, the wins losses were all very cl cluttered in the middle. Like, mm -hmm. so you have a lot of teams you can go for. No team is like super eliminated just yet. So you can be like, look, man, I get it. Your team's not great, but look at this, the solidness I'm about to give you. Let me give you Landry and Fulgham, who are going not, they're not going to screw you over. You will score solid points every single week. Give me that pesky draft pick that you just, you're, you're going to screw it up anyway. So let me have it. Let me screw it up for you. You know, just, <laughs> get the young receivers don't aj like if you're gonna grab a running back grab a guy like aj dylan grab a guy who we knew wasn't gonna do much this year or again we thought everyone was 
to do something this year for some reason. But like, talk to <laughs> go talk to a Packers fan. Go talk to someone who is an Aaron Jones fan, like I am, and just like they're not going to not play Aaron Jones. The dude scored like eighty six touchdowns. So like, you know, to ask around, find that guy who would have been Antonio Gibson if he didn't, you know, if they didn't start giving him like ninety percent of the touches for the first three weeks of the season. But like, find those guys. Be willing to take a risk risk on like James Robinson if a bad team has him. Like, because if they do just bring him back, he's still going to score the same points. Um, so I'm sorry I don't have specific ones. I think I had one where I had you going to get Galladay in a first with Zeke, but again, moving Zeke is impossible right now. But it's that's what you want to aim for. And I get that Galladay again, he's older than I think a lot of us think he is. He is around like 27, I think, already, but who cares? Like, he's just awesome. And that's fine. Go like go get that round of guys, go get 27 and younger that we still have not seen their apex and then absolutely every single trade. I don't care what pick it is, get a pick thrown in because when you get closer to the draft, you'll be like, okay, two thirds for a late second. Oh, a second and a third for an earlier second. Let me give you a second and a late first for that early first. And then you walk away with Najee Harris, Jamar chase, whatever. Um, assuming you have the active league that every league should be, but so yes, sorry that I dropped the ball a little bit and you know found out the exact same trades these two guys did. It just means they're awesome, right? Because I'm awesome and they thought the same way I did. And I'm <laughs> rambling so much right now. So Rocky, just start talking. <laughs> uh, to your point, I, I kind of agree with what you said that it won't work. The Zeke empowered for yeah. CH, but, no, but it's worth a throw shot. it out there. Why not? <laughs> if it I, does I, work, oh, great. I sent out an offer that got rejected. I got an re offer rejected this morning, and I apologized to the guy. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> my bad. I did not remember this being this bad when I clicked send. I'm like, this might get accepted. It's a little low, but no, man. No, That's no, like no. One you, uh, I was just listening to the, the TA podcast earlier today. It's kind of like the one you sent to, to Shane. That was, that was awful. I can't Oh, for McCaffrey, thankfully. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. Preston, Willie, Preston and Williams, Boyd, and, Boyd Preston and a Williams. second. Yeah, <laughs> or like a twenty-two first or something like that. Whew, no one's yeah. gonna take that for McCaffrey, but it's like, why not? Maybe, maybe he's pissed, right? <laughs> right. Like maybe he just, maybe he doesn't. He's angry yeah, right especially now. Especially someone who knows what they're doing, like Shane. Although, although Shane can just like probably oh, get pissed. He's a and, panic seller. Yeah, like, yeah. Shane and, Miller, and something bad happens to some player, just go because yeah. he'll want him off. The team and he'll just take it. Yeah. But yeah, you're clearly not with a guy like Christian McCaffrey. So yes, I. People send bad offers. It's absolutely fine. No one should get pissed off at receiving any trade offer. Let's just put that out there. But no one should get upset about seeing Zeke and Pollard for CEH. And that is insanely good for your team. I don't even remember the other team because, again, my bad. I clicked away from the show sheet. Um, and he says no. Whatever. Move on. Yeah, and just to get to mine, it, like you said, it's kind of something you were saying in, in your in your long ramble there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, mine was to trade Fulgham and Landry to the Lone Rangers uh, for, for <laughs> a 2021 first and a third. Lone Rangers is one of those teams bunched up in the middle. Uh, I don't think we mentioned it earlier, but uh, this is a league where you get um, an extra, you get two wins each week or two wins or two losses oh, or whatever. Yeah, uh, it's not victory points. It's actual records. Like, oh, so it's like hockey scoring. Yeah, like our team is seven and eleven that they were finding the trade for because there's two decisions every week. So you get one win for your head to head and one win or loss for how you scored compared to the median. So you mean victory to... points? It, it, well, yes. yeah, that's what victory points are. <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm in leagues where you actually get points, like like you said, like hockey. 
um, where as opposed to record. But yeah. okay, so that's what I think of as victory points. But we'll go with that. Um, uh, but anyway, so yeah, he's right in the middle at ten and eight. He's like the sixth playoff team uh, right now. So I liked trading with him for the exact reason Jake said. Um, it, you're ba- uh, possibly getting a better pick. And uh, maybe he even doesn't make the playoffs even after the trade and you get you get a top six pick. Um, I, I like our guys team a lot going forward. Um, but like we all said, uh, he's not winning anything this year. He's got those great receivers, uh, but not uh, def- definitely deficits elsewhere. So um, just Lone Rangers edge of the playoff race. Get his first. Uh I don't know if you can get Fulgham uh, first for Fulgham, uh, first and a third for Fulgham Landry, and neither one I think is worth it on their own. Uh, but I think maybe together you can get that, especially this guy. He has Julio, and then uh, not much else at receiver. Uh, I'm trying to find his roster now, but it's definitely nothing much after that. It's uh, he's got T Higgins, uh, Russ's guy, but uh, <laughs> and who actually is scoring this year. But everybody else is is not much. It's uh, Cole Beasley's and Russell Gage's and Greg Ward's things like that. So if this guy is uh, trying to make the playoff push, um, he definitely could use those two guys. So that's why I went there. Uh, any thoughts before we finish off the show? Uh, okay. Not, no. your, not your, <laughs> hold on. Not your show related. Um, on the timeline last week, you were on it, so I could bring it up anyway. And, and okay. Bill talked about not knowing the difference between all the different white slot receivers. Cole Beasley has the hair. Don't disrespect that mane that that <laughs> flows outside of his helmet when he gets you 12 to 14 points every single week. Except for last week when I actually played DraftKings and chose him because slot receivers destroy Seattle, and he did not. Wait, <laughs> am I crazy? Didn't Cole Beasley cut his hair again? Or am I making this up? I feel like I watched him a week or two ago, and he watched, didn't wait, have wait, the flowing mane. Were you, was it the wrong age? Were you watching the Jets, and it was Braxton Berrios? Did you just do that? <laughs> I would never. I would never watch a Jets game. <laughs> that is also fair. <laughs> Why torture yourself? Sorry, Jets. I could it, be fine. making that up. <laughs> How about the Jets almost winning themselves a game and possibly costing themselves Trevor Lawrence? They realize so what happened. Like, oh, better let him score the last minute. Okay, so good trades. Um, and that, that pretty much finishes up the show. So, uh, Jake, I want to thank you for coming on again. Um, I want to thank you for doing your Matthew McConaughey impression at the beginning of the show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and if you just want to give your Twitter handle and anything else, you, 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 you know, where they can find you and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me on. This was, this was as good of a time as I expected it to be <laughs> at the start. You did say a, it was going to be a good more. <laughs> No, this, this was awesome guys. Thanks for having me on for this. Uh, yeah, you can find me on Twitter just floating around at Jake Trowbridge. Cause that's my name. Uh, I'm co-host of Drinking and Talking Fantasy Football. It's at Drinking Fantasy on Twitter. And, and we both have co-hosts named Dustin. <laughs> oh, that's it's like it was meant to be. You wouldn't know that because he did not show up tonight. But <laughs> Yeah, other Dustin, way to not be here as I come on. Upgrade. <laughs> touche. Touche, Russ. <laughs> uh, and Russ... Um, do you want to say anything before I give all the uh, all our stuff? No, nah, go for it. Yeah, I figured you would just pass on that. <laughs> okay, so just a reminder, I'm at Dynasty FF Addict. Dustin, who shows up when he feels like it, is at Dynasty Junkie FF. What a diva. And the, 
and <laughs> the pod is at Dynasty Junkies. Uh, and also uh, be following the DAP network at DAP underscore network, D-A-P underscore network. Um, and also please... If you like what you've heard, please give us a subscribe, rate, and review. Do the same for the DAP Network. Like Russ said, tons of great shows on here. Besides us, obviously Trade Addicts, which everyone knows about. Fantasy Timeline, Get Real, which is great. Casey's the best. And that will do it for this week. Uh, do you do you want to do Dustin's uh, sign off, uh, Russ? Oh, yes, still? I've been waiting for this since I saw <laughs> since I since I saw the the show sheet and I scrolled down. I'm like, yes, it is this. That's going to be my time because I didn't plan on doing the drops for Brian, but no, this one I was ready for. Hold on, hold on. Whew, okay, I'm Dustin. Junkies out.